Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey everyone, bienvenidos a So Violento, So Macabro podcast. Yo soy Ali. Y yo soy Dee. And today Dee will share about a tragic case that occurred in Seattle, Washington. Going on a first date is always nerve-wracking. Finding someone that connects with you, your hobbies, your interests, and overall the person that you are can either make or break a potential relationship. But what happens when you decide to take the leap of faith and commit to a first date? You go to this date, you take pictures, and you just have an overall great time. But somehow, some way, you vanish overnight. This is the tragic case of Leticia Martinez Guzman. Advertencia: La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tenga en cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. I just see her like she just never left, so I just make sure she, that everyone knows that she's still, um, she's still here with us. Yeah, I think it's, it's just starting to hit me right now because, you know, you expect this never to happen to anybody, but it's like, wow, this, this just happened. It just, it just hits you right in the, in the face, you know? We want to remember, you know, how awesome she was. I mean, she was so loved in her community. Leticia Martinez Guzman was a 50-year-old woman from Seattle, Washington. Her family describes her as being a loving, caring, and compassionate mother. She was the sole provider of her son, Patrick Guzman, who required 24-hour care from her, seven days a week. Patrick is currently 24 years old and was diagnosed with autism, Asperger's, and OCD at a young age. According to her family, Patrick lived at home with her in a duplex apartment and due to his condition, he rarely left the house. Um, and he was very limited to the people he was in contact with. Other, He was mostly in contact with his mother or close family members. He was known to limit the amount of contact he spent with people that weren't part of his near circle. Due to being a single mother and due to the fact that Patrick needed 24-hour care, Leticia was known to have two jobs at a time just to make ends meet. So she was a caregiver, but she also had side jobs where she could, you know, make enough money to to provide for herself and for Patrick. She was also a former owner of a place called Café Rosella in the White Center, where she hosted community events and supported cultural diversity, live music, and local AA meetings for the community. 
So she was very involved within her community and, you know, just spreading the word of diversity and, and inclusivity, especially because she was, you know, Hispanic and she had a child with autism and she just wanted there to be resource for her community. Also, when she wasn't, you know, busy with her jobs or busy with Patrick, she was also an avid fan of the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners were like her favorite team and she had tickets to see their games all like whenever they would be in town. And it was just a moment for her to have some time for herself and enjoy a game. So on May 19th, her friend and Leticia both went to Costco. And during their time at this specific Costco, they actually met a man there by the name of Brett Michaels Gitchell. And they just kind of hit it off. They started, you know, having a conversation and they realized they had a lot of things in common and they ended up exchanging numbers. After a couple of weeks of talking back and forth, Leticia actually invited Brett to, you know, one of her favorite baseball team's home games. Mm -hmm. They were going to be playing in Seattle and she had tickets and she was like extremely excited to share yeah. this with him. And since she was an avid fan and she had tickets and uh, within the conversations that they had with each other. So Leticia decided to, you know, invite him to the game. Brett and Leticia decided to meet up at the uh, T-Mobile um, like arena where the Mariners play. And they decided to, you know, just go and watch a game together. You could see that they were very happy to be there. They were wearing their, you know baseball memorabilia they had like the shirts and like the hat and it just looked like they were having a really good time and during one of these moments Leticia actually takes a photo of her and Brett together in the uh, stadium and she sends it off to her friend and you could just see that she was like just really happy to be there and next to her is Brett and he's making like a funny face at the camera mm -hmm. So her friend received that and, you know, she automatically thought, you know, she's having a good time. You know, they, yeah. they really hit it off. However, after that night, Brett was the last person to ever see Leticia again. Soon after that game, she disappeared and nobody heard from her since then. And that's scary because it it's being, you know, it's vas con esas ganas, esa intención de pasártela bien, de conocer a esta persona, especially when you have so much in common, that she was so excited, and I know you're gonna go deeper into it, but we all know where this is heading to it's it's just, it's scary to know que people don't feel safe yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sad to think that that these situations happen, especially with somebody that you're going on a first date yeah. with and you're, you're expecting, expecting these things to happen exactly yeah. you're expecting you know just to have a good time yeah. and like enjoy a baseball game and yeah. like just have a good time like a, a genuine date and not feel like that pressure of like trying to impress somebody or, or trying to um you know just trying to let your guard down and and just yeah. be open to the possibilities of of something even if it's not a relationship it could always yeah. be a friendship you know? to decompress so, have fun with someone yeah. and nunca te vas a imaginar voy a ir a, a to a date and then i'm gonna disappear, disappear. it's yeah, lo exactly. mismo cuando uno dice no no vas a ir a la tienda pensando que alguien va a entrar and they're gonna start shooting at people or you're gonna go exactly. to a movie theater or even to a concert like it's just 
that thought is so scary of like, where are we safe? Yeah, exactly. It's like this was like her safe space. This yeah. is like her, her, her happy place. And for her to just disappear overnight, um, after you know watching one of her favorite teams, to me it's like baffling because it's like nobody's safe anywhere apparently. So on April first of twenty twenty three, she Letisa didn't end up coming home. So they everybody kind of found it odd that she didn't show up to the house or didn't answer her phone. It, it was just like very unusual for her. On April 2nd of 2023, which is a Sunday uh, morning, Patrick Cosman receives a knock at his bedroom door. He finds it odd because, you know, he's inside his house and he just hears a knock at his door, like not even like it, at his front door That's of his the house. Door. But, his bedroom. But in, of his bedroom. Mm-hmm. So he opens the door and he's awoken by this man that just randomly tells him that. Yeah. Yeah, that appears at his, at his bedroom door and tells him that he was, that, he, that his mom had gotten in an accident and that he needed to go with him in order for them to, you know, for him to see her at the hospital. So he says that, you know, he gets up, he gets dressed, and follow this man into his car. He said that during the time that he was awoken, he actually thought it was one of his neighbors. And because he doesn't have that much contact with other people other than, like, his close circle, he thought it was just, you know, a neighbor that had, you know, heard about the accident. And he was like, you know, I'm going to go see my mom. She was, yeah. I haven't seen her for a whole day. Exactly. Like, I in an accident, yeah. so I'm going to go see my mom. Yeah. So he ended up going into this car and Patrick describes that they were practically on the road for almost two hours. He says that he... He didn't know where they were going. He wasn't sure of of how far it was, but he just knows that it just seemed like forever. He said that it was like a very long trip from where he was at to the point that he just didn't recognize his surroundings. And at that moment, he says that this man out of nowhere stops his car and tells him, I'm going to get something to drink from the back seat. So the man goes into the back seat. He opens the door. And then out of nowhere, Patrick says he felt a bag over his head. Oh my God. Yeah. He says that he felt his face and neck being covered with an unknown material. And he thought that this man was trying to kill him or smother him or strangle him, but he wasn't really sure. He says that the man was scuffling with him and Patrick was fighting back. He was biting him and like scratching him and just, you know, not letting, not letting go without a fight. Yeah. According to court documents, it is said that Patrick is six feet tall, 200 pounds, and is in good physical shape. So he easily overpowered this man and just got out of the car and just ran out of like going the opposite direction Mm -hmm. of where this car was headed. 
Patrick then tells officers that he ended up hiding in the bushes in a nearby neighborhood in order to avoid being seen by the car, by the person in the car. During the same time that he's in the phone with the police officers, somebody actually within that neighborhood calls the police. Mind you, this is like, this is around four or five o'clock in the morning already. So who somebody calls from that neighborhood to the police officers and starts describing that Patrick was hiding. And every single time he would see a car approaching, he would hide in the bushes. And it looked like he was just very out of place. It looks like something strange. And this is where I kind of applaud the Seattle Police Department because with a lot of the things that are going on with like police officers and, and police brutality, something like this could have gone easily wrong. Mm. Right. Because, you know, people are finding it odd that this man is acting weird in front of their lawn. And then, you know, if they didn't have Patrick's side on, of the story, it could have just easily ended completely could have been misinterpreted. Exactly. Yeah. During the call with the dispatchers, Patrick describes uh, that he was very unclear of where he was, unclear of the description of his attacker, but he does recall that his attacker um, came into his house. He was white. He was around 30 to 40 years old. He had facial hair and wore glasses. He also said that this man was wearing a hoodie and he had one of those COVID-style face masks. So that was the clearest description he could recall. Yeah. Like, he doesn't remember anything else other than that description. And after the police goes ahead, finds Patrick, and takes him to the hospital to get evaluated, Patrick actually goes to family members, um, asks the police to take him to his uncle's house, at his uncle's house, Patrick tells his uncle that his mother didn't come home last night and that he doesn't know where she's at and that there was this man that came into the house and tried to kidnap him, kidnapped him. And that's when everybody found out that Leticia was missing. And as of that day, Leticia's family puts out a missing persons report. According to KOMO News, Patrick is saying is said to say, quote, I was in a car with some guy and they thought he was going to kidnap me. I thought he was going to kidnap me and we got into a bit of a struggle. I'm calling because mother somehow knows what's going on, but I can't call her. I don't know where I'm at. I don't really know who to trust. What city are you in? Hello? I don't know. I don't know. Oh no. I'm sorry, I'm scared. Okay, what's going on? Uh, some guy. I was in the car with some guy. And I thought he was going to kidnap me. And also, side note, within the audio that he... he Because he, I guess there was like maybe two different calls. In the first call, you can vaguely hear the man that had kidnapped Patrick mm-hmm. in the background. You don't understand what he's saying, but you could hear another voice in the background. On that same morning of April 2nd, at 6.50 a.m., Seattle Fire Department crew responded to a vehicle fire 
uh, up north of where Patrick was found. Vehicle was fully engulfed in flames and was parked by the side of the road. The vehicle was identified to be Leticia's car. It was a Honda CRV and it was completely lit in fire. The fire the fire appeared to have been initiated and started within the passenger compartment of the vehicle, but no body was found near or around the car. After Leticia was reported missing, and after the identification of her car, Leticia's friend actually approached police officers and showed them the text messages and the picture that Leticia had sent her of her last whereabouts. Leticia's friend told police that she had received a message from Leticia uh, about the date, and it, it also came about that she had a picture of her with this man. The picture, again, was of Leticia taking a selfie with um, Brett in the stadium. However, when authorities checked the rest of their text messages, Leticia had finished texting her friend at on April 1st, around after midnight, saying that the game had ended and she was going to be going home. And then she received another message that said that she actually ran into her ex at the bar when she was exiting the baseball game. Then she said that she was going to stay with him and she was going to go home later. Okay. That same day, in that morning when she saw her phone, Leticia's friend called Leticia over and over and over and over again on April 1st. And her calls kept getting unanswered. And then finally, after a while, the phone turned off. According to court documents, the messages were sent by Leticia's phone, but it's unclear if Leticia actually sent those messages. On April 4th, the, co- the same Costco that Leticia had met Brett had reported a theft of $10,000 worth of jewelry. The suspect was recorded on surveillance footage and it recorded and identified Brett as a thief. Oh, wow. As well as identifying his license plate of his 1999 Audi. According to court documents, Brett was wearing the similar clothes that he was wearing during the picture of Leticia's uh, last selfie at the Marion's game. But then, on April 5th, police were granted the search warrant of Brett's phone. And they went ahead and got the uh, records from Verizon that showed every single location, like tracking every single location of where Brett was going. The Where the stadium is at is in south of Seattle. According to Verizon records, they released his locations, his location information from March 31st to April 2nd. On March 31st, he was shown to be at the stadium. And then on April 1st, it was tracked going north in uh, the north of Seattle. And on April 2nd, it is shown that he was up in the rural mountains of Seattle, like on the other side, on the north mm-hmm. of, of Seattle, up in the mountains. So for officers, they found it odd that he did that. Ese recorrido lo hizo en, en como en 24 horas. And it was just very unusual for them to to see this pattern. Hmm. And then for him to come back 
on April 1st down from from northern Seattle to back to south Seattle and be found near um, Leticia's home. Hmm. So after that, police officers showed Patrick the photo of Brett and he clearly identified that this was the man who had attacked him and had tried to kidnap him. So after he tried to kidnap, kidnap Patrick, he went ahead and went to Costco and robbed them for $10,000 of jewelry. But then on April 7th, Brett ended up driving to a different Costco near Shoreline, Seattle. And a Costco employee actually identified Brett and realized that it was the same person that was in the surveillance photo wearing the same exact clothing from the day of the robbery on April 4th at the other Costco. Then after the employee identified Brett, he called the authorities and told them that they had somebody in the store who had robbed the previous Costco. And he was also also a suspect in a missing persons case in Seattle, which was eventually identified as Leticia's case. During that exact time, a Kings County Sheriff who was actually off duty and was actually a security guard for the Costco asked Brett to come into the to their um, office within the Costco location. Brett actually agreed and followed the officer into the office. And according to Como News, Brett was arrested and investigators checked his cell phone records and said that the locations recorded were the exact ones that were that that match exactly to the ones from uh, Verizon and back to um, the shoreline Costco. So he was basically the one that was connected to Leticia's disappearance, the kidnapping of Patrick and the robbery at the first Costco and then came back to the potential uh, second robbery at this other Costco. And all of this in like a week. And it's this literally was, less. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like in three days he did all of this. So after he was arrested, Brett actually denied ever going to a baseball game at all. And then a police officer actually saw that Brett was wearing a uh, Marin's uh, bracelet. I, I guess, I, I, mean, I don't know. I haven't been to a baseball game in years, but I guess in some baseball games, they give you like a bracelet that shows that you were at a game. And Brett was actually wearing one the day he got arrested and then took it off during the interview and hid it in his jacket. Everything was pre-med. Like it sounds, lo tenía bien planeado. Exactly. Again, police officers kept interrogating him and asking him if he's ever been to a, like, you know, a game at the T-Mobile Arena. And he said that that year he hadn't been to one. And then the officer actually asked him about the wristband he was wearing and he said that a friend had given it to him right no mm-hmm. se acordaba de la foto well here's where that comes into play brett was actually shown the selfie 
that uh-huh. um, Leticia had taken, and he had said that he didn't knew her. That what, it was his twin said, evil brother? Yeah, I guess. He said that he had never seen her before. Ay, que no se pase. Mm-hmm. Then after a while of being interrogated, he retracted his statements and said that he had actually met her at Costco with one of her friends. After showing him the image over and over again, Brett changed his story and said he had gone to a Marin's game with Leticia and that he had gotten wristbands upon entering the Diamond Club at the game. He continued to tell police that he did not know where Leticia was at, but he does recall being with her at the baseball stadium. He goes on to say that she ran into some guy at the end of the game and left with him, and that that's the only thing he remembers, and that now he wanted an attorney. (laughs) Why? Exactly. And right after he asked for an attorney, the interview ended. At the time of his arrest, Brett had numerous visible injuries to his body, including cuts, scrapes, scrapes on his hands and arms and face and his body. And he had bruises on his torso and his arms. So whoever he encountered definitely put on a fight. Oh, yeah. Sadly, on April 17th, body remains were found in a ditch in a cul-de-sac near the wooded areas between Talbot Road and State Route 167 in Renton, Washington. The body was not identified to be Leticia's right at the scene, but Leticia's family knew that that was her body. After testing the remains, the King County Medical Examiner determined that it was in fact Leticia's body. According to the King County Medical Examiner Office, Leticia had died on April 1st. Her cause of death was due to asphyxiation, due to a strangulation, and it was ruled a homicide. According to Como News, Leticia's body was actually found a mile away from where Patrick was fighting after his attempted kidnapping. It's still unclear why Brett decided to take Patrick to that side of town, but it does correlate with all of its pin locations of uh, what happened within those couple of days. As of now, Brett has been charged with attempted murder in the first degree, kidnapping in the first degree, unlawful possession of a firearm in a second degree, theft in first degree, and arson in second degree. The arson charge is due to Brad allegedly setting Leticia's vehicle on fire since he was also recorded going into a Shell gasoline station, buying an empty gallon container, and filling it up with gasoline. So again, it is thought that Brad had planned it all out. Yeah. Uh, y no, I mean, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but... No, di- no dijeron cómo él se metió a la casa de Leticia, cómo entró al cuarto del, de Patrick. I'm, as- I'm assuming that he, since he had already committed the murder, he had keys to oh, her yeah, home. Oh, the keys, right. And right. like, 
like her wallet where it said her address or any information regarding to yeah. her. And that's how, I mean, and, and of course, you know, they've been talking for a couple of weeks before the game. Yeah. So he probably told her about like Patrick. And, like, yeah. Yeah. And my assumption as an outsider is seeing that, okay, he murdered Leticia. That was out of his plate already. Next step was murdering her son because her son was going to know that his mother wasn't showing up. And he was probably going to say something like call his family and tell them that, you know, his mom hasn't come home. Quería más tiempo. So it's like, let's yeah. get rid of everything, everyone, just to get yeah. away with it. Yeah. So oh that's God. kind of like where I conclude yeah. the whole mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Or my assumptions of the story, you know. Right. It's no, all right. Yeah. Y él, él, me imagino, dijo, si le digo a su hijo que su mamá estuvo en un accidente, lleva un día sin verla, me la va a creer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and of course, like, you know, sometimes you would understand, like, okay, well, what if Leticia didn't have any phone or, like, any information? Let's just tell him that this happened and, and he'll fall yeah. for it, you know? Yeah. According to documents, King County Prosecution Attorney Office asked the court to set Brett's bail to $5 million. According to Brett's records, In 1997, a woman who had dated Brett also filed a protection order against Brett. He threatened to kill her and burn her apartment down if she ever left him. Also explained that Brett demanded to spend time with her son. And at some point, Brett even threw her son down a hallway. According to a different record in 2017, his own mother filed a protection order against him because she claimed that her son threatened to kill her on several occasions even threatening to bash her head in at the end of her protection order statement she wrote i am afraid to do anything about him i am afraid he will kill me i cannot take it anymore police also received numerous calls from brett's neighbors claiming that he would constantly yell and constantly tell people that he was going to burn down the building. The uh, investigation and the trial is pending and will continue going as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, and hopefully with time, we get a final conclusion, a final verdict. And um, once we do, again, we will hopefully upload a an update on the, on the case uh, once it all comes to an end and we get a final verdict on um, Brett's uh, official charges. So far, these are all like potential charges that he's facing. Right. Nothing is settled on what he will get, but those are the kind of like probability of what he will be charged with. Um, and of course, it's a long list. As of now, the family has actually started a GoFundMe campaign in order to raise money to um, put Leticia's body to rest, as well as providing ongoing care for um, her son Patrick and for any future needs that Patrick might need. Um, They also explained within this GoFundMe campaign that the money that they receive from this campaign will go to um, fund unexpected legal cost um, in order to fight for justice in Leticia's case. Once again, 
the campaign will be linked in our description of this episode as well as any of our posts that are going to be posted on our social media as well as our uh, link tree in our bio yeah si pueden ayudar lo, lo con yes. lo que puedan exactly yeah and sadly um this this is so it's still an open case but uh, hopefully we'll get any we'll get more information as uh, time goes on and um give uh Leticia the proper justice she deserves yeah it's just even lo que estaba diciendo del celular que le mandó un mensaje a la amiga diciendo oh me topé con un ex and I'm voy a hablar aquí con él if yeah. the way que la describes al principio si sabe ya que she's gonna go on a date with una persona que apenas está conociendo yeah por qué va a dejar a esta persona y irse con otra irse persona con, con su ex like, yeah. no, ahí por eso, I mean, I, we don't want to be yeah. giving misleading information, but tu mente te pones a pensar, a lo mejor fue Brett el que escribe estos mensajes. Yeah. Just to throw te, it off, to throw everyone te off. Pones, te pones a pensar, o sea, me being as a person that's single and, like, going on dates, I'll send you stuff like, oh, you know, the date is going well or the date isn't going well. Like, based on what the friend had sent her previously, Showed that she was having a good time with Brett. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, it's like, it just switched to, yeah. oh, no. I, I'm going to stay here with my ex. Mm-mm. Also, why would you stay there with your ex? I mean, you're you're on a date with somebody else. Like, yeah. that's very rude. And, like, based on, like, how her family describes her, it seems like she wouldn't be that type of person, you know? Yeah. Y más que su hijo Patrick necesita cuidado 24-7. Yeah. Like, ella sabiendo, you know... Me necesita mi hijo. Okay, ya salí. I had a good time. Voy a regresar a la casa. So yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't match up. Yeah. Oh, qué bueno que lo agarraron. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm glad cuando, when authorities, it's good cuando las autoridades brincan, hacen su trabajo, y, y también cuando las, um, the phone companies, right? Porque, yeah. I mean, hemos hablado de casos where the phone companies duran días para responder yeah. o para mandar información de, de, de to get like a report on the whereabouts or just to track the messages. So yeah, I'm glad that they, they jumped on it too. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like a lot of these phone companies should, should make it more accessible, especially when it comes to, you know, crimes. And, and I know that there's a lot of legality towards it and, right, and, and right. whatnot, but when it comes to a missing person's case and trying to find their whereabouts and try to find, you know, what was their last location or, or, or anything, I think it's very important. And I'm glad that, you know, at least in this case, Verizon decided to, you know, release the information yeah. and, and help this case. And, yeah. you know, tragically it ended the way that it did, but I'm glad that her family and her friends and even the Seattle community never gave up on, on right. her and yeah. um, trying to find her. And um, I just want to say thank you to like the um, the people that were responsible in finding her and and just took time out of, out of their day to like you know look for her um, because every family deserves to you know have their loved ones come back mm-hmm. um, even if it's even if it ends in tragic cases like this they they deserve that peace some form of peace yeah nay she deserves justice pobre su muchacho su hijo. I know, it's, especially after going through something so traumatic as a kidnapping. Yeah. 
Right. And then to find out that your, your mother has been, you know, Yeah. Yeah. It's just... By the same person that kidnapped you. It's, 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 it's mente de Brett. Like, it's just the way his mind was working and tenía todo bien planeado. Yeah. It, it, this, this person definitely had a sick, twisted mind. Yeah. And um, even, like, the way that his neighbors described him yeah. and, like, his anger and, and the way he, he just treated everybody, it just shows that uh, you just really don't know a person. And um, you just kind of have to be a little bit more cautious. And um, I don't know. It sucks. Uh, it does. Porque nos podemos cuidar lo más que podamos. And it, it's just... Unfortunately, cosas así pasan. Exactly. It's just, it's so sad. It's, it's really sad. Que una mujer que, quis, que quería seguir con su vida, conocer a alguien y que le quiten la vida así, it's not okay. Yeah, it, I know. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking, definitely. It is. Um, and uh, this was the tragic case of Leticia Martinez Guzman self remorse or guts or anything to come out and just say what he did you know we just did as everything together as a family i mean um the happiest times with her were just you know i thought it'd be we'd still have more of them she would give her heart out to anybody i mean especially like strangers as we know our hearts go out to her family and especially her son definitely um so that was the case for this week. I know it was a very difficult one and it had a lot of layers to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you so much for listening. And again, if you guys want to donate, the uh, GoFundMe will be linked in the description and in our uh, link tree, which will be in um, most of our bios. Um, but also uh, we want to thank um, Cecile Elizabeth um, for tagging us uh, on this case and uh, recommending us this case. Um, I hadn't heard about it. Right. So um, when I did research on it, it was it was definitely interesting because it had a lot of layers to it, like I said. But uh, once you know you connect the dots and connect everything, it's a very um, I don't want to say captivating story, but it's a very just a whirlwind case because of everything that was going on. And um, again, um, we just want to say that our hearts go out to the family and to their loved uh, to Leticia's loved ones and to her son Patrick. And um, yeah, uh, and I said we don't yeah. want to be like paranoid, right? But yeah, por eso es también importante to just be, especially when you're going out conociendo nueva gente, right? It's yeah. you don't know con quién te estás topando. You don't know. Exactly. No conoces al 100% la persona que estás conociendo when you go on a date. And it's it's not about, what's the word? It's not about controlling someone's whereabouts. It's more about being safe. So yeah. it's if you're going on a date, it's not about being paranoid, but it's tienes que cuidarte. Si yeah. es de share your location with a friend. If it's mandándole mensajes a tu amiga o tu amigo. It's, we need to take care of each other. Porque yeah. esta no es el, este no es el, desafortunadamente no es el primer caso. 
it's not. It's not. And and it's still sad. It's it's very tragic. But again, um, if you if you are a a single woman, single man, and you go on a first date, um, please share your location with your friends or with your family or just somebody that you trust and um, are willing to, you know, have that trust with them. Um, I, I know that my sister does that with me. She sends me her location when she goes on trips or when she's, um, you know, goes out with friends. Um, I do the same thing with my friends or my sister. Um, I share my location and I, you know, make sure to, you know, check in every once in a while. Yeah. Um, it's a very dangerous world. Um, we don't know everybody's intentions. So sharing your location with a close uh, relative or, or a friend really helps. It keeps yeah. people uh, with that peace of mind that you're safe. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. just to let everybody know that, you know, where you're at, um, not, it's not because, you know, we don't trust you or anything. It's just it's just because the world is a fucking crazy place right <laughs> now. It's just so crazy how just time has changed in the last couple of years. Exactly. It's so... Before, you know, when I was dating, I wasn't thinking, no, me like, let me share my location. Like, yeah. right? It's like, it's, it was so, so fucking scary that how it is. the time has changed in just five years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, like, como si siempre, hay, hay bendiciones con la, you know, technology, and then there's certain yeah. curses with it. Yeah. But definitely in this, in this case, um, we're glad that there was some sort of technology to be able to track these things and, yeah. and have this case mm-hmm. uh, be solved in a way. Because if it wasn't, it would have taken years maybe to get it solved. Yeah, because unfortunately, even with Patrick, no pudo ver, no le pudo ver bien la cara a Brett. No. So no. It, it was just, yeah. I'm, it was by identifying him through a picture that, that you know, there was with his mother that he, he identified who that was. Um, but yeah, um, just be safe out there. Uh, with that said, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, we appreciate you guys and thank you guys for all your support. If you want to listen to the last, uh, 69 episodes, Mm -hmm. you can go on our Spotify, on Apple podcasts, on Amazon music, on Google podcasts. And uh, wherever podcasts are streamed, we should be there. Just type in Sobre Soma Cabral Podcast and um, we should be the first one. If you want to listen to the rest of our catalog completely, um, you can also do that by downloading the Latina Podcaster Network podcast app. Um, It just um, has all of our podcasts in there as well as other podcasts that you might enjoy but by other fellow Latinas. so, you know, you could also rate, review, subscribe there. Um, you could also rate, review, subscribe to our other podcast streams on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a rate, review. That help us a lot. Um, and yeah, and if you want to follow us on our socials, you can follow us by uh, our Instagram, Twitter, and our TikTok at at SVSM underscore podcast or on Facebook at Seven of the Podcast. And um, yeah. Am I forgetting That's anything? It. No, just cuídense, <laughs> por favor. Stay yes, safe. please take care. Stay yes. safe, and um, share your location. 
no porque queramos ser chismosas, but because we no. just want to keep it safe. Right. Y si pueden donar lo que puedan donar a, para, for Leticia and her family. Definitely. We'll share yeah. those links below as well as our GoFundMe page on our Instagram stories and our Twitter and our Facebook. So, um, yeah, anything helps. Mm -hmm. um, and until next week. Until next week. Have a great rest of your week. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Stay spooky. <laughs>